This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevateerie.tv. to be a different kind of day. I believe that the presence of God is heavy in this place. That as we come before him, that he wants to do something new, something fresh in your life and in my life. As we just kind of extend our arms and welcome whatever it is that God wants to bring us today. Many of you know this is a special day in this church. This really is our one year anniversary in this building. And so it's going to be a little bit of a different kind of day anyway. And we're excited about all that that God has done. But more importantly, we want to look toward the future too, to see what all God wants to do in and through us. And so today, even as I look around and stare in your faces, you really are the evidence of God's faithfulness, the evidence that, that what he said would happen Even though we couldn't see it, like today, you know, we get to stand around and and see it with our own eyes and believe it. And so before you even sit down, what I want us to do is kind of look at our foundational scripture today. This is found in Isaiah chapter 43. This is God's prophet, Isaiah, speaking on behalf of God to his children. He says this, he says, but now, everyone say, but now, but now. Like right now, something's happening, something's different, something's, something's new. Many of you, I know you walk through these doors and you're wondering, where is God? Like, when's he going to fulfill those promises in my life? But it could be that, that he's not slow to fulfill them, that right now he's preparing you for those promises that he has for you. And so Isaiah stands up and says, but now, now's the time. This is different, O Jacob. Listen to the Lord who created you, O Israel. The one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. He's reminding the Israelites that God brought them out of Egypt. He said he set you apart, that you're his chosen people. When you go through the deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through the rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. I love this deep waters. When you go through tough times, when you, when you go through the rivers of difficulty, you know, when you walk through the fire, how many of you guys have gone through a tough time in your life in this room? You know what that feels like, the rivers of difficulty, the deep waters. In fact, by the way, didn't, didn't Dave do an incredible job last week bringing a word, talking about going through those tough times? in your life, and yet God still says the best is yet to come, and we really do believe that for you. You will not be burned up in the flames. They will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will gather you and your children from the east. Everyone say east. 
And from the west, say west. And to the north. And to the south. Awesome. I'm glad I didn't have to prompt you again on those. Bring my sons and daughters back. You know, some of you, I shouldn't even get into this yet. But you've been begging for God to bring your sons and daughters back. You've been begging for an environment where they can come and they can encounter God and God's love for them. And he says in this, he says, we're about to, I'm about to blow this thing up. I'm about to bring people from all over, from the north, the east, the west, the south, everywhere. I'm going to bring them all from the distant corners of the earth. Bring all who claim me as their God, for I have made them for my glory. It was I who created them. And skip down. He says, just in case you've forgotten how faithful I've been, he says, I'm the Lord, your holy one, Israel's creator and king. I'm the one who opened the way through the waters, making a dry path through the sea. You guys remember that? I'm the one who called forth the mighty army of Egypt with all its chariots and horses. I drew them beneath the waves and they drowned. Their lives snuffed out like a smoldering candle. He's reminding them. He said, hey, remember what I've done for you. Remember as I brought you out, parted the Red Sea and did all that and the, the, the Egyptians followed you and I, I covered them. He says, wasn't that awesome? That was good. That was good. But watch, forget all that. Like that was good stuff, right? It was good, but I need you to forget all that because that's nothing compared to what I'm about to do. So God is good, but God's not done. Everybody say God's good, but God's not done. God is good, but God's not done. For I'm about to do something new. I'm about to do something new. And as then we enter into kind of this new year it's important for us to look back on what God has done and realize that God has been good, that there's evidence. He's reminding them, there's so much evidence of my, my faithfulness. God wants us to remember the past, but he always points us to the future. He always points us to what's next. And he's saying, I'm about to do something new. See, I've already begun. Do you not see it? Can't you see it? Before you guys sit down, turn to your neighbor and tell them, open your eyes. Open your eyes. Open your dang eyes. You don't have to say dang if you don't want to. That's fine. But go ahead and have a seat. Worship band, thank you guys. You killed it as usual. Open your eyes. Don't you see it? Don't you see what's going on? That there's so much evidence of, of the power and the promises of God. There's so much Proof, he says, do you not see it? This passage really is an indictment for us today. That God is saying that his children don't always trust him, right? The way that we should trust him. He says, I've been gracious to you. I've pulled you out, but I'm not done. And Isaiah knows a little bit about God's people. Because Isaiah was that messenger sent to God's people to, to talk uh, for God the Father. He's a perfect father. And God knows that his children... Sometimes we got some issues, don't we? Like, if we can be honest, if I can just kind of tell it like it is, a lot of times God's people, you know, we can be stubborn. We can be um, stiff-necked, he calls us sometimes. We can be skeptical in our, in our hearts. We can have selfish motivations, and we can uh, have short-term memories. Like, if that's, let's just be real. 
We can be that way. In fact, maybe I should say we have selective memories because oftentimes there are some things that, that we would be better off forgetting. It'd be to our advantage to forget, but there's other things that it would be to our advantage to remember. And he says, all in verse 15 through 19, I'm reminding you of this evidence that as you move forward into the future, I'm reminding you that I've walked ahead of you, that I've been faithful to you. God is reminding us, if you want to write this down, God reminds us of the past while pointing us toward the future. And that certainly is the story of this church. He's done that every step of the way. In fact, you being here today, sitting in these rows, is evidence of God's faithfulness. I remember a long time ago talking about the church kind of speaking about it, never being able to see it. And we gathered some people around us and we just kind of talk about it. How many of you know sometimes you gotta, you gotta speak it before you can see it? You gotta say it before you can actually you know, see it come to fruition. That's what faith is. Faith is believing it's the substance of things hoped for, right? The evidence of things not yet seen. They're unseen. And we should be more like that. As a church, we should, we should have the ability to believe it even though we don't always see it. But as we look around today, this is evidence. Like we see it. We see God's faithfulness. It's kind of like Jesus. He was talking to um, one of the, the disciples called uh, Thomas the Doubter, Doubting Thomas. Like, by the way, how awful is it that God doubted one time and for the rest of his dang life he was known as Doubting Thomas. How would you like to be, you know, your nickname be, you know, something that you only did one time? Which is not very fun, not very nice. But Jesus says, all right, I'm okay with doubters. I'm okay with skeptics. I'm okay with, with people being stubborn. Why don't you come and feel the place in my hands, he says. Feel the place in my hands. Feel the place in my, in my feet. Touch my, my side. And then this is what Jesus tells him. He says, hey, you're blessed because you've seen and believed but those are more blessed who actually believe and haven't yet seen. That is this right here. Like we, we, we saw it in our mind's eye, but we couldn't physically, you know, see it. This is evidence today of what we believe. So today, like I said, it's going to be a little different. We're going to take a look um, ahead at what I believe God's calling us to do. But before we do that, we're going to take a look back. And we're gonna see all the ways God has been faithful. Again, we've been in this building for a year now. And many of you, you are sitting in the sacrifice of someone. Literally, you're sitting in the sacrifice of someone who through their blood, sweat, and tears made this possible, made this dream become a reality. So we're gonna take a moment. Many of you in this room sacrificed. Many of you poured into this thing. And we can't thank you enough for all that you've done to make this a reality. We can't do it. But others of you, you have no idea what it took to get to where we are today. So I'm going to show you, and then we're going to talk about where we are going. Watch this. You know, when we planted Elevate Church, uh, I think we all knew that God wanted to do something big, you know, through this church in our city. But we really had no idea, you know, what that was going to look like. We launched Elevate Church on 2-12-12 in the middle of a snowstorm and doing the kind of portable deal, the setup, tear down, launched at Harding School downtown, great venue. Um, and really we have some incredible teams that we're setting up and tearing down every single weekend, just really pouring into this thing. And I wouldn't say that it really ever got 
old, but you know, we were always looking for what would be that next step? What would be that next place that we would move into? So I remember where I was when I heard that the Dollar Theater was, was shutting down for good. I was sitting at one of our multiple offices, it would be the Panera on Lower Peach Street, and I was talking to uh, a guy from the Erie School District, and he's the one that told me that the theater was going out of business. And I'm um, like, immediately when I heard that, you know, I thought, I gotta go check this out. I gotta call, I gotta find out, you know, if this is even a possibility, you know, for us to, to move into. And so I, I drove immediately to the theater and started, you know, trying to find out as much information as I could. And immediately, you know, I started praying around the building. Uh, we started, you know, kind of walking it over and over and over. I think for 10 days straight, I circled the building, kind of praying around it and touching each brick, you know, as I would go around it. I was singing Cornerstone, if you remember that Hillsong song, Cornerstone, just one of those things, having it blaring in my ears as we were just kind of praying around this thing, even in the rain. You know, if it was raining, I would drive around it, you know, or I'd still walk around it with an umbrella. My family got involved on that. In fact, several people from the church that knew we were praying about this space also, you know, started circling this thing and praying through it. They said, there's no way we could work it out. There's just too much work that needed to be done. The theater was, was in really, really bad shape, actually. They needed a new roof, all new HVAC, just tons of stuff. And uh, really, I thought that was it kind of a door closed, you know, that it was a dead issue and that's all. But if we've learned anything, you know, we've learned that God specializes in bringing dead things back to life. And so during that, that kind of two year period of just, we're just gonna be the best portable church we can possibly be, um, you know, the church started growing and uh, during that period of time, and I, I think I've been in every single building, you know, in Erie, just kind of seeing if God would open up another door for us. And one day we got a letter from the school saying this was going to be the last year that we were going to be able to meet at the school. So it kind of really forced that issue for us to really find out, all right, where's our next home going to be? So I picked up the phone, called the leasing agent again and said, hey man, we really need a space. We just thought, you know, if we could drop a pin on a map of where, you know, the most densely populated part of our city is, really is right here at the, the Mill Creek Mall. And so we kind of reopened that conversation about the theater. Uh, we put an offer out there for like a 10 year deal thinking there's no way, you know, they're going to agree to it. And eventually they did. And in fact, it was a lot better deal for us than, than that first one we'd put on the table, you know, two years prior. And uh, that's when really the work started. We signed the lease in January of 20. 15, we took possession, and that's really when the work began. My name is uh, Matt Summerall, and first Sunday at Elevate Church, um, we were trying to check out other churches, and we didn't know which one to go to, and I remember seeing the billboard signs uh, about Ele Elevate, so I said, let's just go check it out. First Sunday that I came there, they announced that they're going to be renovating the Dollar Theater, and I just really felt like, you know, an urgency to go ahead and uh, get plugged in and, and, and help serve in any way I can. My name is Travis Ross. I've uh, been attending Elevate for about a little over four years now. You know, when I first started coming, I, uh, I have to admit I wasn't that much of a believer 
and the whole God and Jesus thing, you know, I was just, uh, I was at a really low point in my life and uh, things just weren't working out real well for me. So I, I said, let me try this out. Um, and the other places that I had been before, I wasn't able to really help. And I know that God has really spoke to my heart about uh, getting involved and get, sharing my gifts and talents that he's given me to where he can help multiply that. So I really felt like I just wanted to get, get rooted in, get planted, get plugged in, and become a part of uh, Elevate and the culture that uh, has been established here. A couple of years passed by and uh, I got word that they were leasing the old Dollar Theater and they wanted to uh, gut it from the inside out and uh, they were looking for volunteers. It was perfect timing for me. I was laid off and uh, I said, well, I'm in. Let me see if I can be a part of this thing. And we just started tearing it up and I remember looking around and, and uh, digging through everything and just ripping things down and thinking, oh, what a mess. I mean, there was so much work to be done. This place was, it was, it was nasty. I mean, it was, it was crazy. If you were part of that, you know, first few days in the building, it was just popcorn, grease, and funk, and mold, and I mean, it was, it was pretty rough. It was pretty rough. And I was trying to wrap my head around the overall vision, how things were gonna look, and I just, I really couldn't. I mean, there was, there was paint all over the stairways. You know, kids had gotten into the building. It was closed down for a long time. So, you know, they just, they just destroyed it on the inside. It was just a dusty, dark hole. And we had so many people that really weren't connected in the church, kind of that was their connecting point, really jumping in to the whole demo process of the church. Man, I remember getting to meet so many new people and faces because they, they felt like, you know, they had a mission to be a part of, to, to kind of pour into this alongside of us. I just wanted to be a part of something that meant something. You know, I, uh, I spent some time in my life kind of living in a lot of the wrong ways, and I, I wanted to be a part of something that, that stood for something, something good. And, uh, and I remember how I felt being a part of this, and it was just one of the greatest feelings that I could have, and uh, really solidified my relationship with Elevate as well. So over those next 11 months, I mean, uh, I think people were here pretty much every single day, uh, pouring into it and just kind of tearing down walls and, and getting the place ready. And then really came that time to uh, start rebuilding and start making the rooms and start creating the environments, you know, that we were going to be in, uh, in the building. And it was just, it was just an incredible thing to see the church really rally behind this this goal of getting this space up and running. In fact, so many people, uh, you know, I, I can't even begin to think, you know, that, that poured literally blood, sweat, and tears into making this dream really become a reality. Just to be able to help come in and, and help develop and see the building just take shape, uh, to help, you know, start with the walls and then the framing and uh, the drywall and 
and to be able to share my talents that I've accumulated over the years, be able to give those talents that I have back to the church and be able to give back, you know, selflessly, not expecting anything return, not want anything return. I just wanted to share what God had, the abilities God had given me and I was able to do that. And through that, I developed relationships here. I did not have any, any people that I could call friends, anybody that I could pick up the phone and, and call and talk to and go hang out and do things with. And I, I know as men, we really, we really need that. And I was able to obtain that just by coming here and giving my time and you know, just working with everybody alongside of everybody and to, and to help build this place up. And um, just the fact that I can see the lives that are being changed from the work that I help do is, you know, that, that it's satisfying to see that. I'm Cheryl Brosak, my husband Bernie, and uh, we've been coming to Elevate since February of 2015, and um, just love, to, love this church and feel so at home here. She came up and you did some work with the girls. Yeah, I did some painting was... and um, some of the soundboards and things like that. So it was fun. I mean, I did what I could do to help out. You know, and I worked <laughs> with uh, the guys uh, drywalling and things like that. I met a lot of really nice guys and they had a lot of patience for some of us that didn't have quite their skills and they, you know, they took the time and it, it was fun, you know, and I got respected and, and that was probably the most thing when they said, you know, they passed me off to somebody else. Yeah, he has, he can do this, you know, that, that made me feel good. <laughs> Every time you come here, you feel good about yeah. something. Yeah. I've been able to invite my neighbors to come and I'm very proud of being able to do that to where I can bring them to a church and know that, you know, they're gonna be welcomed, they're gonna be loved and see that sense of family because a lot of them, they never had that before and their hearts are, you know, being moved and. God has been really opening many doors. Uh, I was able to baptize one of my neighbors here at the church and, you know, opening the doors for, for more ministry opportunity, you know, within the church just to be able to see lives changed. And, and if it wasn't for this church, I don't know if I would have been able to been given those opportunities for, uh, you know, for me to see not just my calling, but the calling in other people's lives as well. It's been a year since they opened the doors and it's funny because uh, just uh, October 8th, uh, I ended up getting married here. And that was just awesome to be able to stand in a theater that I played a major role in at least destroying and uh, tearing it down. And uh, to stand in there and pledge my vows to my wife uh, was just a beautiful feeling. So we had planned on and hoped that we'd, we'd be in the new building by September of that year, of 2015. Uh, but those of you that are involved in construction, you know, it's just, it's never that simple. And so because of all those hurdles that we had to overcome, we had to push back that open date until December 6th of 2015. But we didn't want to wait that long before we started really um, getting into the space with everyone. So we set aside four Sunday evenings uh, to really focus on different areas of the church. In fact, uh, the first night that we gathered here in the space, we really focused on like beyond the walls, outside. We had a, a worship service set up outside in the parking lot uh, where, where people came and we just kind of 
broadcast and proclaim you know, Jesus from, from outside of these walls because a lot of the ministry that we do here really doesn't happen inside here. It happens outside of these walls and the church is not about this building. So we, we figure that first Sunday night, let's gather together and let's really um, focus on being beyond you know, the walls of this building. And it's, it's, it's amazing that you know, nine months later, after doing that, we had our, our first outdoor baptism really exactly in that spot that we worshiped that, that first Sunday night before getting in here. And with that service, it was, it was, you just couldn't wait to get in. You couldn't wait to get inside and celebrate. And after all the delays and things that happened, it was just, it was just an incredible feeling. And then to come back and then be baptized this past summer in the same spot, it, it was just, it was incredible. It, it was a big decision for Bernie and I because it was one of those things that you just, um, you have to come to a point in your life that you're ready to, you know, commit your life to Christ. And we both were, and I, you know, decided to do it. And Bernie ended up surprising me by doing it. I didn't know. And it was, it was a wonderful surprise that we were able to be baptized together that day. So the second Sunday night we met uh, and really focused on our lobby and gathered like in that, that front door space of the church, really kind of as a sign to say, man, we want to be a welcoming church. This is our, this is our living room. We want people from all walks of life to be welcome and accepted here. And really, we want you to be able to invite your unchurched friends to come and experience, you know, Elevate Church and ultimately to experience God for themselves. So we took a lot of time to pray for those people that, that weren't here yet. The people that, uh, that you know, that I know, our friends that, that don't know Jesus, that weren't here. So we actually took an opportunity to, to write down names on our main wall. So when you walk into our lobby, here's what you need to know. Every single week, you see that awesome you know, wood plank wall that behind that are literally hundreds, thousands of names of people that we wanted to see walk through the doors of this church. I'm Mary Jane Harder, and I've been coming to Elevate uh, for about three years. And um, one night when they were uh, renovating uh, the Dollar Theater, uh, we came up here to have a worship service and pray. I wrote everybody in my family, along with some other people that I knew. It's been really great. Um, Mike's been coming. He started when we were down in Harding School but uh, he came up here and just came regularly, started volunteering. Like she said, I started coming last fall, started coming regularly after the, the new building opened up. And since then, I've, uh, you know, I've joined one small group and that was really exciting. And I got baptized in March, which was awesome, amazing. So I'm growing um, more and more all the time with the Lord. Growing up, I've always gone to church with my family, and we went to a small town church, which was, the people were amazing, but it was really hard to connect, you know, as a younger generation, but coming to Elevate, it's the connection and the acceptance at Elevate is something that I've never experienced before, and that is so amazing just to, to feel welcome and accepted no matter where you are in life. It's, just awesome and I'd encourage anybody to feel welcome and I know that they will as soon as they walk through the doors. My name is uh, Charlie Kibbe and this is my wife Mary 
and uh, we're from we have a farm out in Waterford, Pennsylvania, and uh, we've lived there for 50 years, 51 years, and we found out that what Christ done for us, and that was what we never heard all all of our life. We we never knew. We always had to live that perfect life, and we couldn't do that. Like our youngest daughter, she went to this church here before, you know, they moved in here, and she just couldn't say enough good about it. So she invited us to the opening Sunday they had, and I think it was the 6th of December. And, I, and we could see what she was talking about. We we seen it was alive. <laughs> the, it was alive. Praise and worship service. I mean, I'm, we just can't get over that. And I just thank the Lord that that we we was led here, and I wish that we wasn't so old where we we could attend more other meetings and stuff like that. But uh, I'm just thankful for everything that. Uh, Thankful for my wife and family. Of course, I thank God for hanging on to us. And the third night, um, we focused on our kids' area. Part of the heartbeat of this church was to cater to young families. I mean, we want our children to, to want to come to church so bad that they're dragging their parents to church. So we really focused on our Elevate Kids environments, making those kind of fun. And so families got together and what they did as families was to write on the floor. So underneath all the carpet tile that's in our Elevate Kids areas are names and families and Bible verses. Because we do know that the future of this church are those little ones, are the next generation you know, of leaders that we're raising up right now. And we can't wait to see, you know, what the church is going to look like. You know, when those are the ones, those those little ones, my little ones, your little ones, are the ones leading, you know, this this church. So the fourth night and the final night, um, we gathered here uh, in our auditorium, our auditorium space, and um, probably one of my most, you know, kind of favorite nights that we've had here because we we gathered in that room where the word of God was going to be, you know, preached. In fact, we, we say often here that we want to point people to Jesus, that constantly, every single weekend, we're going we're gonna to point people to Jesus. We're going to give them an opportunity um, to, to receive Christ into their, into their lives. And so we took time out just to pray over that space. We sang in there. There was no stage. You know, there's no lights. It was just kind of us gathered around. And um, we also took communion that night in the room. First time I came to Elevate, um, was actually the first day that these the doors of this church was open and we walk in and there's like no chairs and you know really no walls you know and it's like a drum set and a keyboard in the middle of the room and uh, guys play some music and you know Pastor Kobe spoke and let us know a little bit about what, what was going on and uh, you know my, my girlfriend's ex-roommate her son he was pointing up at the sky and he was like Mommy, did you see that man? And I'm like, a man? I'm like, no, I, I hope you don't see no man, you know? But it dawned on me that, you know, the, the presence of the Holy Spirit was, was that strong in this building, you know? And I immediately switched churches and, you know, been coming here ever since, man, it's pretty cool. And one of the things that's significant about our auditorium is that underneath the concrete floor 
right below the stage, right where, you know, for the most part, you know, we're bringing God's word every single week. Um, buried in the ground there is a Bible. And it's opened up to Isaiah chapter six. And in fact, uh, where it says, I've been anointed to preach the good news. I've been anointed to, to, to preach the word of God, that it would set captives free, that it would, you know, enable the blind to see. And so what we've just decided is that every single week, man, we want that to be paramount. We want that to be a focus of what we do, that the lights are great, right? Everything, um, the sound is great, video is great, but the most important thing that we do in this church really is to point people to Jesus and the good news of the gospel. And so uh, probably by far, this is one of my most uh, favorite memories that we had, you know, kind of prior to moving in to the church. If I'm being honest, I'm still shocked and amazed. Uh, I'll come in here by myself Saturday night sometimes and just be standing in the lobby and I'll look around and almost, you know, brought to tears because I just can't believe that God would open this space up for us. I can't believe the, the thousands and thousands of hours that the people in this church really poured into making this a reality. But I also know that this is just the beginning. I really believe that the best is yet to come for Elevate Church and what God wants to do in and through this church in our city. And so with the team and the people that we have here, I know with my whole heart that we're never going to stop chasing after uh, God's dream for us. We're never going to stop pressing. We're never going to stop pursuing. We're never going to stop you know, loving and sharing and giving. We're just never going to give up until Jesus runs this town. Is that good, everybody? Isn't that good? It's good, but God's not done. Somebody say it's good, but God's not done. And I believe that with my whole heart. In fact, this whole passage that we read just points to that fact that he wants us to remember his faithfulness but the best is yet to come, that there really is more that he wants to do. And I think God's just kind of warming up a little bit. I think he's clearing his throat. I think he's getting ready to blow this place up. I don't mean in a bad way when I say that, just so you guys know. But I believe that he wants to do more through us than we could ever think, ask, or imagine. It's good. This is good. This is so good. But God's not done. He's not done. In fact, I remember sitting together with uh, eight families that, that started the church with me, and this was, uh, this was at Pizza Hut, but we normally gather at our house, and we just sat around talking about, man, we just want to do something. We just want to make a noise in our city. We just want to have an, an impact. We didn't want to be the group of people that just sat around and talked about it all the time, but we wanted to do something about it. We knew we had this fire, this passion to reach as many people as we could. I remember hearing a preacher say, he said that if, if you get ahead of God, he'll just shut that door. He'll just shut that sucker on up, right? If you get ahead of him. So it's not a huge deal. It might be painful if he shuts the door on you. You might learn some humility if he shuts the door on you. But he said, if you get behind him, he's just going to find someone else to do it. 
and we decided we didn't want someone else to do it, that we were going to do it, that God's called us to do it, that God has called us to make the greatest impact we could in our city. God's going to do in Erie what God's going to do in Erie, but you're invited to be a part. You're invited to come along for the journey. And so we got together and we planted the church. And then many of you, many of you sacrificed in order to make this a reality with your work, with your, your, your finances. You did. In fact, our, our families and our volunteers got together on November, I think, 11th or 15th in this space. And we just said, hey, we're going to go first. And so we sat in a cold theater and kind of got together and just prayed over what God wanted to do. And those guys gave first to seeing this place become a reality. And that next Sunday, you guys stepped up and we, we brought in $100,000 that week just to kind of get this ball rolling through our Step Up campaign. And many of you uh, stepped up during that time and you gave. It's good. This is good. But God's not done. God's not done. So this is what I believe. I just want to share with you before we go where God is leading us into the future. Now, now this doesn't have a timeline on it. It really doesn't. I just know that God has called us, like that verse said, five and six. He's called us to the east, to the west, to the north, and to the south. And I believe that God wants us to be a multiplying church. I believe that the church is the hope of the world, and it's the best way to reach people who are far from God. And so we're never going to outpace the generosity of this church. Whatever you guys bring is what you bring. I just ask you to pray about it, seek God about it. And it, we will move as God provides resources for us to move. But here's where our heart is to go, one of those places into the city. I believe God wants us to establish a church in the city to reach people in the north, to reach people in the north, and then out to the, the east, to the creek. We call it the creek, Harbor Creek. Some of you call it Crick, Harbor Crick. That's fine, whatever. And I believe God wants us to go west because God knows people in Girard need Jesus really bad. Some of you from Girard, you know you need Jesus. And then to the south and to Edinburgh. I believe that God wants us to be a multiplying church that we should do everything that we possibly can while there's life in our veins to come alongside of what God's doing and reach as many people as we can. And then something that's near and dear to my heart is this mobile dream center. We got two trucks outside in our lot. Two trucks that we wanna transform into mobile dream centers where we take the trucks into the city, we outfit them with a stage and some sound and, and some, some canopies and picnic tables, and we just open that thing up and we just serve people, you know, brown baguette or whatever. Just serve them coats, serve them hats. We don't wait for people with need to come to us. We go to them in the city. And just so you guys know, obviously in Erie, there's 100,000 people, but within a 150-mile radius of this church, there's 7.2 million people. In Pittsburgh, in Buffalo, in Cleveland, seven point. I'm all for doing overseas missions. I'm all for that. But there is so much need right around where we are. How awesome would it be to take these trucks into the parts of the city that nobody wants to go into and to pour out and share the love of Jesus? I believe he's calling us to do that as a church. So again, as, as resources come, we'll go. There's no pressure. But on December 18th, we're going to take an offering, or until Jesus runs his town offering. And as you guys give, we will go. That's it.
And I believe God has called us. He's saying, this has been good. This is great. But forget all that because there's more coming. There's more coming. And you say, Colby, how can you be sure? Because as I look at you, I see the evidence of that. I see the evidence of it all around this place. I see the evidence of God's faithfulness to us. You want some evidence? Say, give me some evidence. I'll give you some evidence right here. Look at this. Last year in this building, we saw 621 people give their life to follow Jesus. Is that evidence? That's evidence. In fact, since we've launched this church, we've had 3,417 people cross the line of faith and say yes to following Jesus. There's your evidence. You want some more evidence? Say, give me evidence. I got some more evidence for you. Baptisms last year in this building, 101 people went public with their faith through baptism. That's evidence. And over the lifetime of this church, 425 people publicly declared their faith in Jesus and got baptized. That's evidence. I see it all around. There's evidence every time you bring someone far from God into this building. They give their life to Jesus. That's, it's evidence. I got more evidence. Look at this. This is Renee. Renee's here today. Renee came through the doors at Harding School, far from God, met Jesus, surrendered her life to follow Jesus, got baptized, and now she's serving, leading one of our usher teams. That's evidence. Renee's life is evidence of the impact of the gospel. That's Sheena. Sheena and her husband, I remember our first baptism was right here in this building. And Sheena was the last one to get baptized. She ran out those doors, ran all the way down. We were, we were closing up shop, and she ran all the way down to get baptized. Her husband, Ray, you know, led her to Jesus, brought her here. That's evidence, evidence. We have Cheryl. We talked about Cheryl and Bernie. They were just, they thought this was all about religion, not about a relationship with God. They gave their lives to fall and they both went public with their faith. And now they're serving, you know, in this capacity as, as, as greeter, team leaders, Cheryl and Bernie. That's evidence, evidence. We'll hold up on this one. This is Taylor. She's evidence. Taylor was 14 years old. Taylor was invited to come to this church with her grandmother. You want evidence? She surrendered her life to Jesus, got baptized a few weeks later, invited all her friends and family to come watch her go public with her faith, got baptized a few weeks later. 60 days after this, she died in a house fire. That's evidence. That's evidence that God loves you, that God is desperate to have a relationship with people that are far from him. 60 days later, Taylor is sitting next to her father in heaven. That's evidence. That's evidence. I got more. I got more evidence. That's Mike Harder. Mike Harder's mom wrote his name on that wall out there. You saw the video. Came in here, got baptized, is serving on our teams. That's evidence. Paula Vega, that's evidence. Paula gave her life, surrendered it to Jesus, came through these doors. God radically transformed her life. In fact, freed her from some addictions that she has, got baptized, is serving on the teams. Paula is evidence, is evidence. Nicole is evidence. Um, Jim is evidence. Kelly is evidence, right? Jake is evidence. There's evidence. There's evidence. There's evidence. There's evidence everywhere we look around. This is evidence of God's faithfulness. Somebody get excited. Get to your feet today. Come on, church. I wish I could get an excited church. 
about all that God is doing in this city and all that he wants to continue to do in this city through you and through me. We are the church. We are the hope of the world through Jesus Christ. And we believe that God is looking to do something fresh in our lives, that we will run this race with everything we have until Jesus comes, until his kingdom comes. We're always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevateerie.tv.